This is creative banter. What does apple juice, iced tea, and a water wagon, whatever that is exactly, have in common? About as much as they have to do with photography, which isn't much. But that's the fun of it, right? This week, we're talking about healthy habits, kayaking, and following rules. We also discuss Ben's 2023 print portfolios and the release of Nature Vision Magazine's third issue. And I make the mistake of using a dirty word to describe what Ben is to many people. Let's dive right into this, shall we? sip of a decaf here yeah get me uh, energized <laughs> i got my uh, nice little ice water aside of me i've fallen back into the apple juice and uh iced tea kick that i gotta try and get away from so that's lovely like combined no is that <laughs> no. okay <laughs> well, like I, I haven't heard of that before i don't know maybe that's a thing <laughs> oh, really i'm not sure weird arnold palmer i guess yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. No, no, not combined. Just, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how that would taste. Peach iced yeah, tea would, with, I, or raspberry iced tea with uh, apple juice? I don't I would think that the apple juice would overpower everything and anything. Probably. And I mean, talk I used about to, a sugar high. That's, yeah, that would be rough. I, I used to live off that stuff as a, as a kid. And I'm sure that like hummingbirds would also appreciate it. Cause that's, there's, there's a lot of sugar in there. That's, it's yeah. just like, it's just hummingbird food pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, my girlfriend likes to have it just for a break from water or from soda or whatever. So we get the, um, the big jugs of Mott's, uh, apple juice. Yeah. And so we have those and because I'm home all the time, I drink it the most out of the two of us. And I'm like, yeah, I really shouldn't be like, I've fallen off my water, uh, wagon a bit so i gotta get back on that <laughs> yeah so yeah and, and picturing a water wagon i'm picturing like a jacuzzi in the back of a truck um so that would actually be kind of fun to to hang out in in a water wagon that's true um, until yeah. it's but but when i picture that it's more of like a a really shoddy like ordeal you have a beat up kind of truck in a poor neighborhood that's just like this is the kid's pool and you just drive yeah. around the neighborhood and trailer park and that kind of deal yeah, water's leaking out the sides you have to keep refilling yeah. it every house just sloshing around dropping a few kids out yeah yeah exactly um, I, I think the <laughs> last time i had apple juice was um like a, a hotel breakfast when they have like the little breakfast in the morning oh yeah yeah and i'm like oh apple juice i'll have some of that and i'm like oh, okay yeah yeah okay i'm, I'm good for another 20 years or so <laughs> um I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, I I've just become like stuff that's like very, uh, sugary. I'm just like, I think I've reached a stage in my life where just extreme moderation. So, so a little bit of that, uh, certainly goes, uh, goes, goes a very long ways. Yeah. But I, I, I definitely enjoyed it as, as, as a kid. Yeah. I, when it comes to my diet, as we've talked about in prior episodes and everything like that, um, I always, I keep telling myself that I need to eat healthier, that I need to drink mainly water, that like kick the little sugary snacks and habits that I have and I can't manage to do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, and it doesn't help that I'm home all the time. So, like, if I'm during the summer, if I'm able to be outside and doing stuff around the house or going for hikes or that kind of deal, then I don't snack as much and I don't eat as like poorly. But when I'm at the house and it's crappy outside and it's like today it's what 30 some degrees outside, it was flurrying this morning. Oh, like, uh-huh. all I want to do is just sit at my computer, watch the puppies play together, and just eat snacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which isn't well, a good th- combination. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned is if you have a snack that's very protein dense, man, it, it fills you up. And then no, there's like no desire to, to really have much of anything to eat after that. Whereas if, if I'm like, um, if I'm craving something, I might just have like a protein bar or something like that. And it'll just leave me feeling so full that afterwards I'm like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. I, I, I don't have any desire for anything else. Um, so that's, that's been sort of my go-to, whether it's some, some nuts or like a protein bar or something like that. Yeah. Um, I got to figure and, that and, kind of stuff out. Just like yeah. essentially replace all of the shitty snacks in the house with like protein snacks, like protein bars or yeah. nuts or anything. I have a bunch of nuts and I made this mix. Um, before I went hunting up for um, the weekend after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I was munching on that for a bit, and that was good. But then I get home, I'm like, ooh, goldfish. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. or Reese's Cups, like, those would be even better. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, speaking of the less than ideal weather uh, that you're having there, past weekend, my wife, uh, we went kayaking on a lake here in San Diego, and are nice weather. Um, yeah. And uh, so my, my wife, uh, one of her coworkers recently got um, a kayak. So the three of us went to this lake to, to go out on the water and it was a really nice day. It was probably eh, maybe, maybe about 70 or so, but just the water was really calm. It was a pretty big lake that we went to. And, um, and so uh, we have these uh, kayaks, all three of us. They're the folding kayaks, the Oru kayaks. And so the ones that my wife and I have, they take a little longer to put together, but they're also a little bit bigger kayaks. So my wife's coworker put his kayak together and was we're kind of on the, the shore um, getting ready to, to launch. And um, I was putting together my kayak. My wife was putting together her kayak. And then she got everything ready and um, she got in her kayak. And I just kind of pushed her out into the water. Um, cause otherwise it's kind of a pain to kind of, you know, scoot yourself out. And so her and her coworker were, I don't know, maybe, maybe 50 feet out. They weren't that far out. And then I start getting in my kayak and start doing the little, little scoot to kind of get myself <laughs> in the water. Yeah. And, uh, my wife was, um, going to take a picture of me or a video of me or whatever, as I'm kind of scooting in the water and she reached into her pocket and, and her phone wasn't there. And so it was kind of like, well, that's weird because we just had it on the shore. I mean, we we're just putting the kayaks together. I remember she had their, her phone sitting there. And she put it in her pocket and then paddled out and then it's, it's gone. And so um, I kind of go back. I'm like, oh, maybe it just it, it's in this kind of light brown colored case that also has her like, you know, credit cards and stuff like that in there. And so I'm thinking maybe it's sitting on the shore and just because it's kind of brown, it, it kind of blends in. And so I go back there and it's not there. And she had it on the shore and then she doesn't have it in the kayak. So we're thinking maybe it kind of fell into the kayak somehow when she was getting in or something like that. And we kind of like, she went back to the shore and we're kind of like reaching around there, see if it was under anything. And, 
you know, no one could have stolen it or anything because no one was there. Um, and then I, I pulled up on my phone the the, the find my feature and and mm-hmm. it, and it gave like this kind of a large radius. And then my wife's like, well, the only possible explanation is if it's in the water, but I, I don't know how that could be. So she paddles out and starts looking down. And and this is a um, it, it, it's it's not the greatest visibility in this lake. Um, there's a little bit of sediment in there and and the bottom of the lake has um you know, it's kind of like the the gooey junk that grows on the rocks and stuff. <laughs> right. And she she's paddling around and then she looks down and she sees her phone down on the bottom of the lake. It's probably about seven feet down. And so we're thinking that maybe somehow when she's getting the kayak, it kind of popped it at a weird angle. Then paddling out, somehow it worked its way out of the kayak, which is it's kind of like those once in a million things. And then we're just kind of like paddling around it like, well, we got to get to it, but you know, the, the lake water is really cold. It's, it's a, um, it's a drinking water reservoir where they don't allow you to go swimming or anything. Right. But we're, we're alongside this, this dock and some of the workers there were kind of looking at us and saying, Hey, you know, did you drop something? And then my wife said, yeah, yeah, my, my, my phone fell down there. And then the, the lady that was working there said, you know, is there anything there that's, that's metal that, you know, cause, cause I have this, this magnet on a rope that you can drop down. And we're thinking like, you know, it's, it's a brand new iPhone 15. Um, and we're thinking, well, it's got that, that mag, that, that mag safe connector on it for right. charging. So, so it's got to have a magnet in there. So sure enough, she hands me this, uh, it, it looks like a, like a, a small dumbbell sized, uh, magnet and it's heavy. I mean, it's probably like, I don't know, like five pounds or something like that. And then I'm, I'm kind of go over the top of it and I slowly lower it down. And I think, I think I've got it. So I start kind of hauling it back up and, and it's just a magnet. It's, it's not enough to, to grab onto the phone. And meanwhile, I'm kind of drifting around. It's hard to stay over the top of it. And then you lose sight of it because it's, you know, like seven feet down. And then as we're doing that, at some point, I, I think my, my kayak and my wife's kayak are next to each other. And there may have like, I bumped her, she bumped me something. And then she tumbles into the water. <laughs> And so she, she, you know, she's got a life vest on. So she kind of like swims to the, the shore. And I kind of push the kayak in and we get that inverted. And she's just sitting there like soaking wet. And so then we're thinking, now, if, if I can at least drop the magnet where it's pretty close to it. Um, and then the, the people on the dock said, you know, we'll give you permission if you want to go in and get it. And so my wife's like, I'm already soaking wet. Um, so if you just drop that magnet where it's near it, then I can follow the rope down because it's, it's limited visibility. Mm-hmm. So she, she jumps in the lake, swims down about seven feet, follows the rope down, you know, reaches around, finds the wallet and it comes up with it to the top. And it had been down there for about a half hour or so. It had been there for a while. Um, but she got it back and the phone still works. Oh, nice. Um, so when they say that the waterproof rating is, we looked it up afterwards, they said a half hour at, I think they said six meters, which is, you know, significantly deeper than it was down. But, uh, but yeah, uh, she, when she has something in her mind, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get this back. There's, you know, nothing's going to stop me. Um, so the fact that she dove into that lake and swam down, you know, seven feet or so to, to go get the phone worked out and then afterwards we we went kayaking and she was able to dry off and stuff but uh but yeah so whenever whenever they say uh 
that the phones have a good rating, they really do. And, uh, and it, it still works. So that, uh, at least had a, a rather happy ending to it. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's yeah. That, that whole, uh, not being allowed to swim in certain waters and that kind of thing reminds me when my girlfriend and I went up to Acadia this past summer. Um, Mm -hmm. we went on and I'm always in charge of like planning out the hikes and figuring out where to all go and all that fun stuff um, to the detriment of my girlfriend who often doesn't want to do like heavy hikes one day after the other. Mm-hmm. And because I don't know that area that well, I'm just going yeah. based off the um, based off some recommendations or this little guidebook that I had gotten. And I remember we went to this one little this one set of trails and it surrounded a lake. And it was one of those lakes that you could kayak in and everything, but you couldn't use like gas motors or swim in because it was like protected water is used for mm-hmm. drinking water. Yeah. And as we're hiking around the one day, we see a group of people, older individuals that went off in their kayak and then they must have went out a bit and then turned like left out into where the water really opens up Ooh, and yeah. then stopped by some rocks to like sunbathe, that kind of deal. And the trail ends up passing right by where they were and you just see these uh, these older people just yeah they're just swimming around just enjoying the water like yeah <laughs> guys there's signs all over for that yeah I, I just i get it but at the same time like there's a reason for that but yeah i don't know just nice do you consider yourself to be uh, a rule fo- a rule follower by nature um for the most part i mean yeah pretty much yeah, same here. I don't know. I, I think just for for it just it, it's for the betterment of society for the most part. I mean, I mean, there, it, there, it's also easier. You know, there's there's a rule you follow it. There, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It takes I, the thinking out of it. You know, there are certain like rules, like speed limits, especially that I'm like, eh, this just doesn't feel right. So I'm gonna go with what feels right and just hope I don't get caught. <laughs> but like, there's a a road not far from me that. Uh, I go on all the time going to the gym and mm-hmm. I think it's because there are two churches on this road that the speed limit is so much slower than it should be. I think the speed limit's like 25. All the other roads around it are 45. Yeah. And so you, you hit this road and all of a sudden you're like just crawling along. I'm like, eh, maybe this isn't a good rule, <laughs> but yeah. Well, like when it comes to driving, man, I, I don't know. And, and maybe it's because my, um, the uh the speed the speedometer on my car i mean there's there's like the analog one which i never really look at i look at the the digital one which is just you know tells you exactly how fast you're going oh yeah you you have one of those fancy cars or the digital ones Uh, my fancy (laughs) 10 year old car yeah i I mean Um, mine's mine's 10 years old too and doesn't have that but that's true yeah it's it and well that's that's the thing too because like when i drive my wife's car she doesn't have the um the the digital display for the for the speed and so you know i have to look down i'm like okay i think i'm going 35 or so (laughs) um but when when i have the the numbers on on my speedometer like i I can look at that and i don't know i almost take pride in like matching it to exactly to the speed limit um, and this is more so like in like residential areas and stuff. Like if, yeah, if, if yeah. the speed limit, like kind of near my house, there's one area where it's 35 miles an hour and then there's a stop sign that's 30 miles an hour. And I will obey that exactly just because it's like almost like an OCD thing in terms of like, 
it's it's 35. I'm going to have it exactly 35. And then we <laughs> go through a stop sign. It's 30. I'm going exactly 30. And drivers hate me. They hate me because oh, yeah. I, I'm not going fast enough for them. Um, and and I, I almost take a little bit of pride when they get like frustrated at me and, and kind of annoyed at me. I'm like, dude, it's 30. I'm going 30. It's a residential <laughs> area. It's, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Re- residential areas, I, I can understand that. But for me, I'm, I'm like a solid five over, which is still within the law. I'm still, yeah. I'm still legally allowed to do that. But when I get behind someone that's doing exactly the speed limit, like driving behind you, especially on like back roads around me, I would go crazy. <laughs> Be like, do they have those, um, the signs where you live where it's, um, you know, it says speed limit 30 and then there's an electronic display that says your speed? Yeah, here and, and there they do. Do do you ever try to match those? No, like, eh? no. Like for 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 me, like my goal is like when I pass it, it's got to say exactly what it is. So like <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll orchestrate the the you're not usually hitting the brake, but you know you let off the gas just enough. And, and if if it says like oh speed limit thirty five and it says I'm going like you know thirty four or thirty six when I pass the sign, I'm like ah oh, next time, next time I'll get it right. So you have quite a competitive drive, not just in your uh, not just with cycling, but also with signs. <laughs> yes, it's a, a competitive drive for accuracy. Uh, competitive yeah. drive for accuracy. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that could be a, a name for the podcast episode. I don't know. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll see on that one. Um, but actually, um, speaking of of cycling, um, so I've been. I've been busy this week mailing out the uh, the print portfolios, and as we were talking about just before we started recording, um, I've uh, mailed out 115 of the 124 um, pre-orders, and I've just been doing that all week. So we're recording this on a Thursday, and I'm just it's been it's been a bit monotonous all week, just going through all the orders and and doing that. But the one thing that I've been trying that I've uh, saved as a, a motivating factor is that tomorrow, if I can get all these in the mail, which I should be able to, uh, tomorrow I want to go on a pretty long ride just as, just as like that, that carrot that I'm dangling. Yeah. And so it, it, I think, I do think it's kind of funny how for me, the motivation to get all the work done is to hop on a bicycle and ride like 80 miles or so. Whereas <laughs> I, I think for a lot of people, they'll be like, it's like I wear spandex and ride 80 miles on a bike. That that this is torture. This is not this is not a reward. Um, but I don't know. For, for me, that's kind of the motivation. Just because I've been cooped up all week, uh, busy at work on things. Um, but it's I also don't like having things hanging over my head. And so having the the all the orders that are in place. Um, every time I'm able to complete one of those, it gives that little bit sense of satisfaction in terms of, you know, one, one step closer to, to being done uh, with all that work. Um, so that's, that's what I've been working on this week. What have, you, what have you been up to? Well, before we get into that, I, I'm curious, when you're doing these, like packaging your portfolios and mm-hmm. even when you're printing them, putting everything together, what are you doing to, uh, like to not go crazy? <laughs> Because uh, like I mostly just go crazy. Um, okay, all right. <laughs> that explains quite a bit then. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I do. I'll, I'll take breaks. You know, I'll go outside and I'll like you know water the garden in the front yard. I'll um, 
you know, I get enough of them packed up and I go, uh, you know, go to the post office and the FedEx place and, and drop stuff off and come back and get some, some degree of variety. But for the most part, it's just, there's not much that one can do to, to break up that work other than just having the satisfaction of, um, well, I have the spreadsheet. I used to keep track of everything. And so that, that tells me, you know, what all is in that order and, and everything. And so uh, every time I uh, pack one up and print the label and stuff, I can basically check that one off. So there's, there's a little bit of a, a satisfaction that comes with that. But beyond that, it really, uh, it, I just end up going crazy. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of the short of it. Are you listening to music while you're doing it or YouTube videos or anything to keep your, like, at least have something else to watch? Yeah. Yeah. Usually I'll have um, like the radio on in the background or I'll have uh, have some music playing and stuff like that. Okay. Um, it, and on the plus side, though, at least it this whole week has been beautiful weather. Or, you know, I, I take a look outside the window and there's blue skies and there's breeze and yeah, stuff. Must so be it's, nice. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> but so at least there's there's that, though, also that isn't necessarily the greatest thing just from the standpoint that i look outside i'm like man i wish you could be out there yeah but, that's true but but i'm in here so if if it was like a, a stormy day and it was windy and rainy and cold outside um you know i wouldn't have anything else to do other than just to to work on the orders so you know pros and cons yeah i mean i i just i ask because i anytime that i'm doing something that's monotonous that i would otherwise go crazy doing even like the podcast, how I've talked in the past about playing my game with when I'm editing the podcast, I need to have something else. Like I'll watch uh, YouTube videos typically. Like have a, mm-hmm. I always stock up on YouTube videos to watch, whether they're yours or uh, like Matt Day or anyone else. Um, just in a watch later playlist, and then yeah, when I'm doing some kind of monotonous task, I'll just throw those on and just listen to them as I'm doing whatever. Just makes the time go by a little bit faster and. I think at least. So, yeah, I, I think for me, ha- you know, listening to some stuff on the radio works pretty well for that because it can be just kind of in the background a little bit. I can tune in, tune out of it as necessary. Right. I, I think if there was anything visual, it would just serve as a distraction. Yeah. Um, like, e- I think anything like that, it's got auditory stuff I'm, I'm pretty good with, but. Yeah, if it was like some videos or whatever, if it's just listening to it as audio, um, I could see that. But otherwise, I think it would just break up the, um, the sort of the rhythm that I get into when when getting the orders packed, and um, I'd probably just start making mistakes and start sending people cats and stuff. <laughs> sure, you haven't done that already yet. Make sure you have all your you know, cats in one basket. I I don't know where they all are right now. Oh boy, uh, all seventeen of them. But. Um, <laughs> Some people listen to it like, yes, 17 cats. Yeah, really? I've only well, seen I the have. two. Now it's 16. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. My week has been pretty pretty slow so far, actually. Um, the layout is finished for the magazine. So that was the biggest thing for me to get done. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know that you were, you were working really hard on that to, to get all that out of the way. Yeah, I have... Uh, let me pull up... How many hours I put into that? Quite a few. About 15 hours, I think, into it. Oh, wow. So, and that's like, that's doing a layout. That's doing little tweaks here and there too and everything. Uh, yeah. Like rearranging um, an interview. The interview that we have for this one is with Colleen Minnick. And oh, nice. um, 
Yeah, she's a great photographer. Yeah, she's great. She's a great person to talk to as well. Um, she ended up giving us so much to work with. Normally with these interviews, I'll ask a range of like eight to 12 questions. And when I'm writing up these questions, I'm kind of trying to think of things that are a little bit outside the box that aren't really asked very often. Like with, uh, with Alex Noriega, he had posted it on Instagram about his fascination, fascination with the sky and with like the stars and all that kind of stuff. And so I kind mm -hmm. of tried to dive into that a little bit just to get something different, show your personality a little bit more outside of photography. Um, and with Colleen, she answered all 12 of my questions that I gave her and she really answered them. <laughs> like wow. we have, um, what was it? Like a 7,000 word document mm -hmm. from her answers. That was, oh, wow. and that's, so that took a little bit of figuring out uh, how to lay it out and everything. But I think we figured out a way to do it that um, isn't, take, it takes up a lot of space, but it's at the very end instead. So if people want to read through all of it, they can, but it's not like split up or anything. But yeah. Yeah. So finished up layout. And by the time that people are listening to this episode, they will be able to get their hands on uh, the magazine if they want it. It should be out on the 13th of December, I believe is our date for it. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, other than that, I started watching and connecting a little bit through email with a photographer, Brian Burks, who is a large format portrait photographer. He's done a couple assignments for the new the New York Times and Oh wow. He's got um he has a, his own YouTube channel that I've been listening through just to kind of get to know him a little bit better, get to know his photography. Mm -hmm. um, he's a big fan of your work. Put that out oh, there. Cool. <laughs> I like him even more now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I think it's funny too, because you anybody that there's like a small group of like influencers will put you in that category for a minute here. Yeah. I know you're yeah. gonna love it. <laughs> it. Yeah, I can tell already. <laughs> um, but like certain photographers, like you, like Matt Marash, uh, um, Alex Burke, they're the individuals who are using large format film that it's just influenced people like me, like Brian, like people who didn't necessarily grow up in the film era or anywhere close to it, um, but have influenced us to getting into large format. I think that's. Yeah, that plays a big part there. Uh, That's cool. So, been listening to his or watching his YouTube videos a little bit and trying to make connections here and there. Um, and then, other than that, I got the little sample pack just today from Smart Press of nice. their papers. So, I was flipping through that a little bit before we got on here. So, yeah, that's um, and and that's something I think we had. Um, I think it was after we recorded last week or, or something like that um, when when I had uh, mentioned about, you know, getting the, the sample pack to uh, get a feeling for the different papers that are out there because that's that's what I used to make the zine. And, and also, I was just thinking that the zines um, arrived last Friday. So, so we haven't uh, recorded since uh, they showed up, um, but, but SmartPress did a, did a great job on them. Um, so it, it's the perfect bound booklets. Um, I'm using the, their hundred percent recycled paper. Um, the, uh, I don't remember which, um, which weight paper it is, but 
it's basically the the thicker paper that I can use for the cover and then the thicker paper that I can use for the inside. Um, but they they really did a nice job. The print quality is great. Um, with uh, the recycled paper, it's an uncoated paper. And so um, I, I just like the, the feel of that paper a little bit better. It f has more of a um, uh, tactile sort of feel to it. And it was interesting because the uh, print that is included in the premium zine, um, which is this sort of crumbled white rock from Death Valley, it's also used on the cover in a, kind of up in the corner. Um, but when I've been packing the zines, you know, I'll have like the, the, the stack of the, the zines and then the stack of those prints that are included with it for the premium one. And so I'm looking at that same image printed on the cover as well as, you know, the actual inkjet. And they're actually a pretty close match. Um, so it's, it's pretty nice. I mean, when you consider it's a, a different sort of paper and all that, but um, the accuracy is, is quite good. There's, there's a couple minor things that I'll uh, adjust when I, when I do the next one for, for next year. Um, with this style of binding, it's um, the gutter. So when you open the, the page spread, the, the you know, area where it folds in the middle, uh, it does suck some of the image down into that. And one thing that they say you can do is you can basically adjust the image in two halves over the spread so that like there's some redundancy there. Mm -hmm. So when you open it up, even though some of it's hidden, you can still see the whole thing pretty well. Um, and I'll probably tweak that. But also I was careful with the placement of the images so that important parts weren't really um, in that gutter anyways. Yeah, um, that's my biggest reason I, for not liking full page spreads or even yeah. three quarter page spreads. It's it, it it's a tricky thing to do, but also having that larger presentation makes it more immersive. But it's it's it is something that needs to be thought through in uh, in in the layout and everything. Um, but and and I and I was gonna probably. Uh, early next week, I'm going to start mailing out the zine. So I'll send one your way so you can uh, get a feel for it. But but I, I, I'm really impressed at the at the quality of the work from them. And so it's been really fun packing um, the orders for the portfolios along with the zines. Yeah. Um, but it's, if you end up going that route, I'll, I'll say that um, I've, I've been quite impressed with uh, the quality of, of their work. Yeah, that's good. I'll probably end up running just a small edition of... Uh the photographs from Colorado that I had taken. I wanted to do that as a sort of surprise, presence, whatever you want to call it, to for my dad for oh, cool. like a culmination of the trip, documenting everything, putting everything together. So I'm slowly working to call down the 180 photographs down to something a little bit more reasonable, something more manageable. Yeah. Um, so I'm working with David Kingham to do that a little bit, see what his thoughts are on that. So nice um, yeah yeah that i think that actually like for me it was pretty easy um when i was putting things together because it's like well i have uh like i can make yeah i can get about 18 pictures out of this all right let's try to squeeze them in this minimum number of pages but you know when you're starting out with a large number of images and now you gotta start thinking about how they're gonna you know work with each other and this and that yeah uh, I, I think that actually makes it a, a fair amount more work yeah so and I think the I think the minimum order number that you can do with them is like ten for that's not, smart. That's press. actually not bad. I, no, I was thinking yeah. it might be even 
more than that. So 10 is actually pretty good where you can even do like some experimental stuff if you need be before do, dedicating to a whole huge run. Yeah. So I think, I think what will end up happening is I'll just do the 10 scenes for this. And once I get them in, just give, obviously give one to my dad, probably give one to my grandparents, then maybe try and just offload five of them, sell five of them to make some money back here and there maybe. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I was also thinking since this episode is going to be uh, airing eh, certainly toward the end of the year. Um, I know the last year, one of the things we did, we talked about toward the end of the year was any sort of goals for the year to come. It's, you know, kind of a cliche thing in podcasts and stuff. But, but I was thinking about, you know, if, it, you know, is there anything that, that you have in mind for, for the year ahead? It's actually something that I was thinking about the other night as I'm trying to figure out what direction to take everything in um, and see how I can kind of culminate my interests in a, not necessarily a different, but in a, I guess different is the best word to use for it, in a slightly different manner than what I have in the past. Um, mm-hmm. So, the biggest thing is that I want to start putting out ebooks. I, we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, and yeah, put out ebooks, put out presentations, uh, see how that route takes me. And, um, mm-hmm. but otherwise, just trying to enjoy my photography as much as I can, experiment with it, see what all happens. Um, yeah. One of the biggest things that I want to put a priority towards is not only like projects, but, um, learning more about the environment around me and the plants and how everything comes together and that kind of deal mm-hmm. uh, identifying subjects as I photograph them as you have started to do in Zion and uh, Death yeah. Valley um, yeah kind of doing similar things and there's one project that would be quite big but and it would also be quite a bit different than anything else that I've done before but I would really like to find and photograph people uh, who have found some sort of solace or healing in nature, whether these are people like Guy Tall who spends a majority of their time out in nature, um, or people who are living on homesteads or any of that kind of thing, and putting together this, what would essentially culminate into a book of interviews with these people, interviews with uh, researchers and scientists who have studied the healing powers of nature um, Mm -hmm. and mixing together memoir with it, that kind of deal. Uh, I have a couple projects like that that I think would be fun to play around with, um, doing like large format uh, portraits of of these individuals, which is definitely where like I'm inspired by the work that Brian Burks is doing with his Articles of Virtue series. So Yeah, that's really cool. And this would be like a a you know, portraits of the people in their environment. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of that, that's cool. I've always admired that type of photography because I know that I would be very bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a certain eye that it takes. And, and I, I'm sure for people that do that, they're like, it's just easy. You just have a person, you put them in the area and this and that, and you take a picture. But like, like for me, I just like, I wouldn't even know where to start. So I, I've, I've always enjoyed that style of photography. And I think that would that would be pretty cool you know pair that with uh with some writing and i could see that being you know uh, uh used in a variety of ways whether it's 
you know, uh, article online, whether it's a zine, whether it's, you know, there, there's a, there's a, a wide variety of ways to, to display that work. Yeah. And I, that, that's like my biggest project that I'd like to get started on, but there's also a, an idea that I have that's a little bit more, a little bit smaller in scale of, because I'm right aside of the Appalachian Trail and finding people who are hiking it or planning to hike it and just meeting with them either on the trail or however, or I don't know exactly how any of this would work out, but yeah. um, photographing them and then photographing along the trail for a bit, spending like a week at a time just camping, hiking the trail, meeting people along it, maybe doing that a couple of times through the year and seeing what happens. Uh, we'll see. It's all That'd just cool. plenty of ideas running through my head that as everybody listens and who has been listening for the past, what, two years, whatever it's been. Is, yeah. uh, we all know that this stuff isn't going to actually happen. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I think these conversations are a great way of, in you know, first of all, you know, helping to come up with some of these ideas, talk through some of these ideas, but also there is a certain degree of, of I, I guess, accountability that comes with some of the stuff where I, I think if you talk about something enough, then kind of start taking those those steps and then. And sure enough, things start to un- unfold, um, just like how the you know the, the zine and then the uh, the uh, unpolished eBooks and that sort of stuff you know came from the various discussions we've had. And um, of course, I, I have no other choice other than to make those become a reality because That's I true. have you know sixteen uh, hungry cats at home now. Uh, now that yeah. you know Fluffy has has moved beyond us and <laughs> is in a box somewhere heading to some wonderful new home. Um, you got to ship off a couple others accidentally, yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just just a little little bit at a time, you know. Get get back to just uh, normal levels of cats, like you know, twelve or thirteen. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, so I, I think I, I think putting stuff out there in the world um, is a great way of at least having some of those projects um, come, you know, come to fruition um, at some point. Um, there is a um, there's something that I've I've read from time to time on uh, some cycling forums and stuff. It, it actually it's a uh, some groups on Reddit uh, where I just lurk on there and just read stuff. But there is a uh, people that are are really new to cycling. And I mean I'm I'm pretty new to road cycling just since like July. But you know I've obviously ridden bike for a long time. But people are saying you know does does cycling get any easier? And the usual response is, um, it doesn't get any easier. You just get faster. Huh. Um, or like, you know, if there's a hill and you're, you're, working, you're, you're, you're working so hard to get up that hill. And by the time you're, you're just like, you know, you're, you're winded, your legs are sore. You know, if you've been cycling for a long time, that hill is still going to defeat you to some degree. But it's just because you're climbing it faster. It's just because you're, you're doing better at it. And so I, I think in some ways there's there's some parallels with photography for that where you know it's always going to be hard work but just you know you get better you get more efficient you you know some of those ideas that you've been thinking of you know they come to fruition with through all that hard work so I think there's some some parallels to be to be said about that um, but the you know wh- whenever there is that that you know. Uh, flipping the the page of the calendar to the new year, you know it's there, it's always a, a good point to just 
you know, think through things and and uh, take take a moment of pause just to 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 see where it is that we want to to take the work that that we have. Um, for for me, I I don't know that I have any goals necessarily for the new year, other than continuing the path that I'm already on and you know, further exploring some of the areas, revisiting some of the areas. There's, there's some subjects in mind that I would love to see about photographing next year. And that same thought process is what led to some of my favorite images from this year, because, you know, last year at this time, I'm like, oh, there's that one cool, you know, canyon in Death Valley I want to photograph or this or that. And, 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 and I made it happen um, this past year. Or so I think kind of more the same and and seeing where the the zine format takes me for next year where all that sort of stuff now that some of that ground uh that groundwork has been laid i guess i don't know if that's the right phrase but <laughs> i've i've been i've been packing too many portfolios and my my brain just gets fried after a while yeah yeah <laughs> no yeah. but that's uh yeah plenty of things to look forward in the new year let's see what it, see what we can all accomplish see how this all goes uh, yeah, looking forward to more conversations and hopefully seeing some progress on my end at least of yeah putting essays It'll be less and stuff less together. puppy talk and more just dog talk. It's always puppy talk. <laughs> they're, <laughs> yes. they're never not puppies, <laughs> especially yes. when they're as small as what Emmy and Oliver are. It's it's puppy yeah. talk all the time. Yeah, perpetual puppy talk. Yeah, there we go. That's <laughs> another title episode, another podcast yeah. episode. Yeah. Ah, uh, my brain's fried. Yeah, I know, me too. I think we're, <laughs> we're good there. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our creative banter. You can learn more about Cody's work by visiting his website, codyschultz.com. And you can find my work at benhorn.com. For further discussion, join us at patreon.com slash creative banter. It's a place where we can interact with you, the listener. And although we greatly appreciate those who contribute by joining a tier, discussions are open to everyone, whether you're a paying member or not. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you around next time.